This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham. Welcome to another edition of Dental All-Stars, and today our All-Star is Heather Nottingham. Heather is a former retail sales specialist and department trainer for Bloomingdale's, where she had a million-dollar clientele. With over 16 years of retail sales and management experience, seven-plus years as a phone skills coach and trainer, and thousands of hours in perfecting the art of rapport with dental patients, Heather helps improve dental practices' profitability through phone skills success, promoting patient experience, and implementing systems. Please welcome Heather Nottingham. Hi, everybody. Thanks, Alex. Well, thanks for having you on the call. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how did you end up from really doing very well in retail to dentistry? Well, what what initially happened was I loved retail. I loved the interaction with customers and the customer service aspect of it. But retail, if anybody's familiar with it, has really tough hours. Um, most of the major sales and things that are going on are on the holidays or on weekends, nights. And so that got tough going into things being that I was uh, – wanting to have a family and settle down and I wanted a little bit more consistency with my schedule. So I wanted to transition out of the 70 to 80 hour work weeks and do something where it was a little bit more of a Monday through Friday, nine to five type thing. So that's where I thought dentistry would be a nice transition because it's still got a lot of that customer service aspect. You're dealing with patients, you're helping people, and it's just the business hours are a lot better. So that's initially why it happened. And then I really became passionate about dentistry when I started working in it. And that's led me to where I am today. You know, for those that are, are new listening to you and I talking and we do webinars together and part of the questions mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you today are some of the popular questions that are mentioned mm -hmm. on the webinars we've done. Uh, but those who, who haven't heard uh, your story, you talked a little bit about it, but I actually brought you in to one of the dental offices. Yes. You were working for one before, Correct. and um, the one that I was consulting for was having trouble making money, and I was able to send them a lot of traffic, internet traffic, but they still were not converting. Mm -hmm. So when I brought you in, Heather, yes. you were able to take that practice from a million-dollar practice to a $2 million practice in 18 months. Correct using the phone skills that you're going to talk a little bit about today mm -hmm. and in your courses and programs. So just for those that are, are unfamiliar with that story, I wanted to add that to this discussion. Um, and we're going to be having you back on our podcast Yay. to kind of talk more <laughs> and go in more detail because it's such an important uh, topic that, you know, in our condensed format of the podcast, we can only cover a few things. So. Right. Yeah. Just to, to build on what you were saying, it's really about when I worked in retail and I was a manager and a trainer. I was doing over a million dollars in sales personally and helping run over a $3 million store. So it's taking that retail experience and those retail strategies that I learned from that, that you know, those jobs, and really just taking and applying it to dentistry. And I think that was the main thing that really helped in the offices working going forward with the dentist is using and applying those same retail methods. So depending on who's listening, if you're a staff member, I think you can take an appreciation for working in dentistry that 
most industry is nine to five and mostly mm -hmm. is, you know, Monday through Friday, maybe on occasionally on a Saturday, but retail is crazy hours. Mm -hmm. So there is an appreciation there. Um, for the dentist listening, it's just that you can find people um, with talent that are outside the dental, dental field. And often when we hire, when we see somebody has a retail background, we say, I want that person. Um, even if their dental skills aren't as strong, hopefully they can overcome that because customer service is really, um, I think, a more powerful core because you can always build the skill. Um, the customer service is almost, it is a skill, but it also starts becoming a mindset. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, tell me, why is phone training so important? Well, phone training is so important because it's where the customer service begins. It's really the first impression of your office. Now, they could get other first impressions if you have a website or any type of marketing that's out there, but it's the first impression of them actually dealing with you in your office. And that is going to make a big impact on their ultimate decision if they want to work with you going forward. So you can spend a ton of money on marketing, on your website, all of those things. And those are all really geared towards ultimately getting your phone to ring. And that's great. And I think that's what was happening at the dental office that I started off at is that marketing and the website and all of that were in place. But what was happening is the the people were calling up and the calls weren't being converted to appointments because they weren't getting that amazing customer service. So if they call your office and let's say you have this message that your office is this top office on your website, but then they call the office and that's inconsistent and they're getting poor customer service or not even top customer service, they're not going to feel like those messages are in alignment with one another and they're not going to feel like your office is genuine. They're probably not going to want to move forward making an appointment. So it's important to have your message match what you get on the phone with what you're putting out there. Phone training is also important because you want to make sure that everybody's up to speed on the office's best practice practices and verbiage, not just one person. So again, it's about consistency. If one person has amazing training, but they're not going to always be able to be on the phone all the time, you're going to have other people that are going to answer the phone. You want to make sure everybody has consistent training. And training, it has to be done often or else what happens is people naturally have a tendency to revert back to their old ways and habits. It's, it's kind of like if you think about working out. If you don't, if you only work out one time, well, you're not gonna stay in shape. You have to consistently work out and practice at it to make sure that you're keeping up those best practices. If you don't, then the staff or the people that are answering the phones, they have a tendency to fall back into those old habits and that's not what you want. So those are some reasons phone training are really, really important. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just thinking like, you spend all this money on marketing uh, or trying to get new patients and retain your current patients. Mm -hmm. And it seems like really being really good at the phone and customer service is going to make all that work a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. And as we discussed, that's what we talked, we saw an example of mm -hmm. that. I'm sure others have experienced this. Yes. So what would you say the number one key to phone and customer service success is? That's definitely rapport. That's the main thing. Rapport is what we focus on in our program at All Star is that it's about connecting with your patients. You wanna build 
that empathy with them. And it's almost like a friendship. You want to build it based on trust, connection, and talk to them like you're really looking to help them, that you're really out there for their best interests, not just to get them in, but to build that solid foundation with the patient that they're going to look forward to coming to the appointment, they're going to be excited, they're going to show up for their appointment, and they're going to ultimately accept treatment because trust starts at the very beginning. And rapport is also done by treating the patients like VIPs or very important patients. So rapport, and I cover a lot of that, there's two different modules on rapport, there's a whole bunch of different methods on it, but that's the number one key to customer service and phone success is is making sure rapport is built with them. So if somebody puts all the effort in, they they you know they work on rapport and they try and they do all that, but the patient still doesn't schedule. Like how do you how do you deal with that? Well, it's kind of deflating. Yeah, I mean it can be frustrating or seem like you're not being successful. And I, what I tell staff that I train is, if you spend all that time and they don't make an appointment, that's okay. That doesn't mean that you've lost them forever. I can remember there are sometimes patients, some patients make a decision very quickly. Some patients, they talk to you, they're ready to go. They're already ready to go once they're on the phone. They just need that great customer service experience to reconfirm that they've made the right decision. But some patients take longer than that, and that's okay too. And just because they say they need to think about it doesn't mean that they're not going to ultimately come to your office. That's why we have to be proactive with them. So, I mean, there's been patients that I've dealt with personally that it would take them a few months to make an appointment. Some patients, it would take them a few years. I remember speaking with one person, it was years, and they kept going back and forth because it was a little bit more... uh, in-depth treatment. It was full mouth restoration and it was going to be a larger investment for the patient, but ultimately they did come back. So also one thing you have to remember is that it's also you're giving that great customer service because you never know who that patient is and maybe they're not ready to make an appointment, but maybe they have a friend who is and they'll say, you know, I'm not ready to make an appointment with this office. I need to think about it more if I really want to do this procedure, but they're a really great customer service oriented office. I I can't remember the last time I got treated so well over the phone. You should give them a call and they might refer people that, you know, are ready to make an appointment. So if you did all the steps and you asked for the appointment and they still said they need to think about it, then a good thing to do is you can establish that proactive follow-up. So what you can do is you can ask for their email You can send them some office updates. You can send them, offer to send them some information about your office. And then what you can also do is tell them that you're going to follow up with them and see if they have any other questions. So you're being proactive. You're not just sitting back and waiting for them to make the next move. Let them know, hey, I understand you're not ready to make an appointment. I'm going to give you a call in a few weeks and I'm just going to check up on you to see how everything's going and see if you have any other questions or if you're if you're you know deciding that you're ready makes sense and you also experience this in retail where mm-hmm. you cert, you know you spend all this time with a uh, a client and sure. they don't buy anything yes and that happens but it's you never know you never want to start off with well what if they're not going to you always want to assume right. 
when you say ask for the appointment, you're going to assume the appointment. Assume that they are wanting to schedule and then let them tell you, no, no, I need to think about it. Another thing that is good to do if they say that they're not ready is establish a little bit of urgency with the patient. So let them know that you understand that you hear that they're not ready to make that appointment. But let them know that your office does have a tendency to book up several weeks in advance. Even if that's not 100% accurate, you always want to make them make it seem like your office is busy, that it's, it's always something going on, that it's the best place around. Let them know that you're booked up and that when they are ready to make an, a, an appointment, definitely give you a call a few weeks before that so that you can accommodate their schedule. This way, you're putting out there a little bit of that urgency, a little bit of that supply and demand, and they're thinking, hmm, they're busy, you know, that must, maybe that'll be the extra little push it'll, it'll take for them to make a decision about scheduling an appointment. So sometimes that, that works as well. You know, what I find interesting is you said to me and in your program, you say that you're more concerned about building rapport than on, you know, scheduling the appointment, Yes. which is, which is remarkable because most phone and scheduling trainers say, I want you to focus on the close mm -hmm. as the most important and they made an appointment. That's the metric of success. Well, now, why is that? Mm -hmm. It's so unusual. One, one thing that I learned in retail is that if there was a customer that came in and they were looking for something and they only wanted to, let's say, buy a very inexpensive top, I'm still going to give them amazing service. It's not about the sale. It's about the service. If I give them that amazing service, even if they bought a $50 top, let's say, on sale, then the next time, a lot of times, who knows, they would come back and they would spend $5,000. Now, imagine right. if I looked at them and said, well, they're only getting a $50 top. I'm not going to give them that great service. Mm -hmm. Then I would have lost out on that service elevating them to that next level of becoming a regular customer. And so don't look at it, the outcome of just getting them in or just getting them to schedule the appointment. It's a relationship. You're building a relationship and you want to be able to follow up with them later with dignity and feel good about the relationship with them. And if you're just trying to get them in to, to get them to make an appointment and not build that relationship, then you're going to feel awkward about following up with them. And they're probably not going to answer the phone because they don't feel comfortable that you have their best interest. So it's all about service and building rapport with them first. So tell me, what do you say or what would you say if, and we get this question quite a bit, is how do you handle employees that don't call the patient back? Mm -hmm. They call, they they want something, and then it's a day, two days, three days, and they don't call, or it's a week and they call back or whatever. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that and train for that? Well, the first thing, Alex, that you have to do is you have to make sure that the office has the proper systems in place. So systems meaning how soon are they supposed to call patients back? A, a lot of offices have no system or no protocol for that. How many messages, how many emails, how 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 many times do you follow up with the patient? So let's say you call them back, but then you only call them back once. Do you call them back twice? Do you call them on all their numbers? Do you call? Do you send them then an email? So what's the protocol? Because you, you want to make sure you're following up with the patient, but you also don't want to make sure that you're bombarding them with messages or bothering them. You want to make sure that the message gets to them. So the systems in place is number one. 
The second thing is, is that everybody needs to know what their roles and responsibilities are within the office. So if I'm the new patient coordinator, who am I in charge of calling back? Is it every time that I pick up the phone, am I following up with all the patients that I deal with, that I take each, each one of those scenarios to completion, or do I pass that over to whatever the department is that handles it? So if it's a billing question and I happen to answer the phone, then do I handle that? Do I get an answer from the person in charge of billing and I call them back? So everybody needs to know what their roles and responsibilities are as far as who's doing what. So those two things need to be established first. Third, if you are delegating it to somebody else, so let's say the person calls me but it's a billing question and I delegate it to the person in the billing department to follow up with somebody. When you delegate, you don't just give it to them and that's the end of the story. You have to make sure that you follow up with the person that you passed it on to and check in to make sure that it's been completed. So if I was following up with Susan, if if Susan was in charge of billing, I'd go to Susan and I'd say, Susan, I just wanted to follow up that you were able to get in touch with Mrs. Smith about her question in the amount of time that she was supposed to follow up. That way I know that it's been done. That way if Susan calls back, she can't say to me, nobody called me back. You were supposed to, right. you were the one that took the call. What happened? So once all those things have been done, if the employee is still not following the protocol and what is under their job role and responsibility, then that's when write-ups come into place. And people, you have a, a certain human resources policies and procedures in your office, then there needs to be write-ups and there needs to be discussions with that employee to make sure that, see why it's not getting done and how it can more effectively get done. Yeah, I think the what I see, and, and this goes to our next question as well, is first overall step is you have to make sure the systems and systems are in place and the training is in place, that they know what to do, how to do it. So there's a baseline. Mm -hmm. And the second step, if they don't do that, then you right. uh, you take corrective actions or, or, or documentation mm -hmm. because you don't, you don't want to jump to conclusions and assume. Mm -hmm. You should always assume and look at yourself, if you're a dentist or a manager, that what did I not do properly or give my team first and when you've exhausted that then you go to them correct so always start with the top you know to make sure leadership is proper mm -hmm. now the last question i'm going to ask you um before i get to that question i'm going to tease another question that we don't have time for unfortunately today because i want to make these these podcasts nice and short so mm -hmm. you know we can listen to it while we go for a it'll walk be a follow-up yeah uh and we can spend a whole podcast just on this yes. and that's the issue of price shoppers mm -hmm and how to handle that. You talk about price shoppers mm -hmm. a little bit in your increasing your, your phone GPA or greater uh, phone acceptance webinar, mm -hmm. uh, which if any of you on the call have been on, great. If not, make sure you get a chance to be on that webinar. It's a very popular webinar. Um, and the question is posed, should you give a price or not give a price um, when they call and handle, how do you handle price shoppers? Mm -hmm. Don't answer that right now. Right. We'll do that another time. And then we can also do a role play mm -hmm. um, and how you you created really cool, uh, I guess, concept mm -hmm. or, or way method. to deal with the method. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's called the show and tell method. Mm -hmm. And we'll tell you all about that in a future podcast. Or if you have a chance to be on Heather's webinar, you'll hear yes. the show and tell, which is something that she developed through retail and brought it into dentistry and phone training. Mm -hmm. And then we can also do a role play so people can hear uh, how 
to do that, how to handle, use a show and tell method to handle price shoppers. So the last question, Heather, yes. and back on the issue of patients not calling or the employees not calling back uh, a patient, let's, how do you handle or address a staff member? So with resistant staff, there's a few different things. Uh, first and foremost, again, you want to make sure everybody knows their roles and responsibilities. So that can be the first thing. And when it comes to training, if they're resistant, you want to find out why they're resistant. Sometimes people just become nervous or afraid of change. And it's one thing if you're telling them that they need to do things differently, but you're just throwing them into the fire, as we say, without giving them the tools to get them to where they need to be. That can be very scary and overwhelming. If you're saying you need to change, you need to do these things, but I'm not going to tell you how. So I think finding out the why, why are they resistant, and then dealing with it from that perspective. Another thing that needs to be looked at is are they in the right role for them? So when it comes to what we talked about is roles and job responsibilities, are they in the right role that highlights their best aspects and attributes of their personality? If somebody is really into numbers or likes working with the insurance breakdowns, then obviously that's a good person to have working with insurance and doing the insurance processing and dealing more with claims and things like that. Whereas if you have somebody that's very bubbly and outgoing, that's always talking with patients, well, that's somebody that you want to have up on the front lines on the phones and talking with the patients in the office. You don't want to have them in a back office somewhere where they're doing operational stuff or staring at a computer because they're not going to shine in a role like that. So making sure that everybody's in the proper roles that are right for them. And that would be a management decision to kind of look at everybody and say, who's best suited to do what jobs? And then is your office doing training? So if you have resistant staff and no training is being done, then like we said before, it can't be completely left up to the employee. It's not fair to them because they might not have any of those tools to know even where to start to get the training, to do it effectively. So if you put all that in place and then they're still resistant to the training or learning of new things, then that's when it might be time to let the employee go. And that's something that you have to talk about and discuss. And that's obviously after all the other options have been, been exhausted. You don't want to just let somebody go without going through the proper, proper steps to try and get them the help that they need. But the bottom line is, is if they're not open to it, if they're negative, if they're bringing down the rest of the team, the team has to function as a whole unit together. And as they say, it's a team is only as strong as its weakest link. And the employee that doesn't have the proper training and service skills and that doesn't want to get it or care about that is going to hold your team back from really being successful. Because what happens is, if your office is inconsistent, if if two people out of the three on the phones have great customer service, but then one person is lousy, well, it only takes one patient calling up to, to get that one person on the phone who gives them that poor customer service experience, and that one person can post a review because they get a bad experience about your office that makes your entire office look bad. And that affects everybody, not just the one, not just the one person taking the call. 
So that's important to make sure that that environment is always, everybody is on the same page, everybody is enthusiastic and trained and excited about being on the phone, excited about the office, and resistance is just a sign that there's something wrong. So you just have to figure out what it is, and if you can get that person up to par, great. If not, then that's when it's time to go back to the drawing board and look for somebody else. So Heather, thank you so much for coming oh, on the program. Pleasure. Thanks for having uh, me. So until next time, go out there and be an all-star. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.